0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story the know your why podcast is made for you hi everyone i'm jason ballara and this is the know your why podcast today i'm here with tamara jones tamara is the founder of bucket list stays a successful real estate and property management um, company that provides excellent vacation and short-term rental services um, first of all uh, well, we'll we'll go with TJ, since you said that was uh, what most people call you. So, TJ, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Jason, I want to thank you right back for creating this type of space for us to come out and give this kind of information. So, you know, sharing is caring, you know, in, a, yeah, in these uh, forums. So I really appreciate you creating this and I appreciate the invite as well.
0: Awesome. Well, no, it's great to have you here. And um, what I'd love to do is is really just uh, let you kind of tell us your story, your background, um, you know, a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into kind of what you're doing with bucket list stays. I think that'll be a, a sort of a perfect uh, perfect topic to. Well, it's Friday afternoon for us. I guess when this when this launches, it may not be, but a uh, g- good conversation to end the week on, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Well, my name again is Tamara Jones, or a lot of people like to call me TJ for short in this business. And I've been in the short-term rental business since 2015. So I started with just a room in 2015 here in Atlanta, but currently I own a company called Bucketless Stays. And it is based on short-term rentals and what we call unique stays. So that's what we've pivoted to recently is unique stays in response to the COVID-19 travel pattern uh, changes that we see out there on the landscape. So yeah, we have about at this point about 15 units across the US. So we operate them all remotely. And they're across the US, and we have three over in the Dominican Republic. Because we are now starting to spread out outside of the United States um, and looking for a little bit of refuge from this inflation, a little bit of higher margin, you know, profit margins. And sometimes we're finding that as being the case outside of the uh, the U.S. But that's pretty much what, you know, the basis of uh, our story. And I'll tell you, I have a small team that I'm very proud of. We have a team of about four people that help us. uh, That's the core team. Everybody else is sourced out that help us, uh, you know, do our strategic planning, you know, for bringing in new units, um, turning them over and things like that. Um, And uh, another thing I I think is important that we do uh, that some other property management or vacation rental companies may not do is we offer short term rentals as an investment opportunity for passive investors. So there's a passive investor out there, Jason, that says, okay, I've heard about short-term rentals. I know the returns are good. I've seen some evidence of that, but I'm not really wanting to get into hospitality or, or hands-on in this business. Is there an option for me? And that's absolutely right. That's what we do. We go obtain them. We source the short-term rentals mainly using a, a method called arbitrage. And what arbitrage is, is basically Taking a unit on under contract as a leased unit for a very long period of time, but you're using it with the uh, that lease with the intent to profit off of it by listing it um, on OTA websites. And when I say OTA, I mean online travel agency websites. And so that is agreed upon between us and whoever's the owner of that building, the complex, that unit, and everybody seems to uh, come out of that in a partnership. And that's what we deliver. Uh, to passive investors.
0: That's very cool. That's very cool. So uh, let's just maybe just try to go back to the beginning. You said you started with sort of one room there in Atlanta. Um, how did you transition that into, you know, the the business that you have now? And I definitely want to talk about some of those aspects um, that you brought up, But but what was the kind of idea behind that to go from, you know, sort of like, how did you end up having one room that you were renting out and then kind of that becomes a business, uh, a business idea at that point.
1: Yeah, I, I get asked that a lot, uh, uh, Jason, and it's a good question. Well, I was a paralegal for the federal government at the time, so at the time, I had a, a W two just like most people, and I needed extra money because, as we know, you know, government employees, you're not like raking in the dough. So, I wanted, I was looking for ways to bring in additional income, but I didn't want to have like a second job that required me to be hands on again i needed something that kind of did what it would do in the background while i was still was working being a mother and things like that so i looked around and i was finding out about couch surfing at the time and airbnb which isn't uh wasn't back then as, as sexy as it is now but um it was, these are really pretty new concepts and so i i took it up as a room in my house. I had a pretty big house in Dunwoody, Georgia at the time. And I took one of the rooms, ran it out, and that room started paying my mortgage. I did not fathom it it wasn't for that. When I started that room, it was initially for some extra pocket change, like some savings. You know, I need some extra money to get me above break even, you know, things like that. And and that room by itself did numbers that I didn't I, I wasn't even counting on. So when I saw that, I did that for about a year. So when I saw that, I thought like if a if a room is doing this, what does an entire unit do? You automatically naturally start thinking things like that. Okay, what does an apartment do if a room does this? But I had never went after real estate in any different way other than to reside in it. I had no real estate background. And so I didn't know. I didn't know where to go, where to, what to look for, and there wasn't a whole lot on YouTube, and there wasn't places like Clubhouse back in 2015. So I started searching for a coach, and I did. I came across a. Uh, honestly, I came across two, but one of the coaches allowed me to work in his company because he had a pretty good solid uh, footing in the uh, in the short-term rental uh, property management uh, game, but he needed, you know, some help, you know, just some help. So I was a paralegal. I started doing different things for the company. I started doing setups. I started doing sourcing and with, with actually I started doing the zone checks and the permits uh, first. And that automatically comes to sourcing because if you know what a Mm -hmm. zone looks like now, you know, where, where you can actually get a property and get it legally. Right. And so it pretty much, from that point on, I did that for three years with that company. And while I was with that company, I kept acquiring my own units um, under that company's guidance and just, again, working this uh, the job until I quit. I actually quit my uh, resign. That's what they call it for the federal government. I resigned my federal government mm-hmm. position and continued on with short-term rental. And now I do this. You know, this is, if you wanted to call it a job, this is my job. I do short-term rental uh, each day. Mm-hmm. So, okay. The, did you, I, the first one was, was a room in your
0: house. That makes, you know, that sort of makes sense. I think a lot of people start, well, there's a lot of, I don't, I don't know that was necessary. Accidental is not the right word, but a lot of people end up being, you know, kind of a landlord, whether it's long-term or short-term short mm-hmm. because of some situation change or they want, they need to make extra money. And and there's, there's a lot of talk about house hacking, but, yes. but you did it kind of in a, in a short-term rental space scenario which i which i actually haven't really heard a lot about that i hear hear a lot about people yeah we've, we bought a house we have roommates or we have a we own a three family and we rent out the other two and that covers the mortgage so that's a an interesting spin kind of on the house hack which i guess i would imagine it probably is more um lucrative than a than a long-term rental there now at, as you were working for this other company and you were building your own portfolio i know you mentioned. Um, arbitrage you know sort of the arbitrage method and maybe can you just describe or define that again for people just because i i think it is uh there are some probably questions that come up related to it. i know what it is but but maybe just start by defining it and we can kind of get into what what the arbitrage method is
1: yeah and i love uh, uh you know any questions about arbitrage because it is my baseline it's what i fall back to Whenever uh, I need something that's uh, that's guaranteed. So what arbitrage is is getting into a lease for a particular property, and you're getting into that lease to take control of that unit for the sole purpose of profiting off of that unit. So that purpose is to profit off of that unit, using it as a uh, residence or a guest quarters for nightly stays. So that's the difference between long-term and short-term stays: is that the revenue that's generated from short-term rentals is from a nightly rate mm-hmm. versus like a monthly or you know quarterly or however long-term rentals uh, work out. Now, what's important to know about arbitrage is that a key component of that is that the you have to have permission to list it because it's very difficult to move. Uh, if you're not a corporate leasing agency and you don't have marketing ability and you're new to short-term rental, you want to make sure that if you're arbitraging anything, you have in writing the permission to list it on those OTA online travel agency websites like Booking.com, Airbnb, Verbal. There's a whole lot of those out here now, but you want permission in black and white to list them on those. And that's how you make your money, which in a way you make your money is you pay that owner or whoever's the uh, custodian of the, the space you have, you pay them their fair market value rent. And so I wanna stress that fair market value, because if you step in it and it's over fair market value, you're not getting equity out of, and you're probably not getting a whole lot of profit out of it. So it has to be fair market value rent. And once you pay that owner, you keep whatever is made beyond that. And that's why it works for both parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And- so are are all, as you were acquiring these properties along the way and working for the other company, were, were those all via arbitrage or did you have any ownership of any of them or you just, you've primarily stuck with that model the whole time?
1: We stuck with that model and I guess it was because I was taught that way and I was taught really, it depends on what it is that your goals are, whether you want to buy your units or you want to arbitrage them. And because our goals were to build out on a scale as quickly as possible across the U.S. managing remotely, the more favorable route for that is arbitrage. A lot of people that are looking into owning properties, they'll run into you know DTI issues at some point. It's a so arbitrage gives you a outlet even for people that own to continue to build those uh, passive uh, streams of income, and so for that. You know, it really is attractive. And another thing I'll tell you that I'll tell you why we stuck with arbitrage and not necessarily trying to buy everywhere is because it lowers your risk. When you're going into a market that maybe on paper you might might look good today, but it doesn't look good, you know, in a year or two or maybe even a couple of months. Maybe mm-hmm. some legislation was entered or maybe some bad competition has entered into the market. Arbitrage gives you the flexibility to leave that that particular particular unit, not illegally, you make sure that's in your contract, but you make sure you have the exit uh, option to get out of that unit. And you don't necessarily have that when you go in it as a purchase, you know? Right, yeah,
0: right. yeah it's certainly, it, even if you can't get out of that lease early, it's a lot probably easier to kind of get through the end of that lease versus having to, sell the property that you know who knows you know where you are where the market cycle is that sort of thing so that yeah that makes a makes a lot of sense um and you said you had 15 properties in the U.S. and I think three the Dominican Dominican Republic yeah what what markets in the U.S. are you in
1: so we're in here in Atlanta we're also in New Orleans and we're also in uh right outside of Jacksonville uh Florida we have a couple of units there we also have them and I'm uh, sorry, uh, sometimes I forget Alabama as well. So we are all over Tybee Island. And uh, so we're all over uh, the place and, and uh, we have a nice spread. But what our goal is, our goal is to get into every state. So the company is called Bucket List States because we're literally building a bucket list for people that are looking to strive for something, you know. Mm-hmm. And so our goal is to at least have a presence in each each state. Yeah.
0: Very cool. What um What about uh, Dominican Republic? Is you know sort of, I mean, it's a beautiful place. Not, <laughs> I guess the question is not what is appealing about Dominican Republic, but what what is appealing from a you know short term rental space there. What how does how does it maybe differ from the U.S.?
1: Well, first, I want to say it's probably not just the Dominican Republic that is a is a great option for short term rental if you're looking at investing outside of this. It's, the U.S. It's just that that one organically came about as an opportunity for the company. It just came about through a partnership that was uh, made uh, through a third party. So it's probably a lot of places. But what we like and what's working about uh, the Dominican Republic is that the cost of living is a lot cheaper. You can obtain properties a lot cheaper than here in the United States, but you're still getting those same nightly uh, type of rates. Um, that you see here in the United States for short-term rental. So allows you a larger profit margin. Um, also, what I love about the Dominican Republic is that labor is cheap. You know, some people might not, but we're able to employ a lot of people there. Or, you know, I say 75% less than the cost here in the U.S. And it really works out as far as being able to create the type of stays you're looking for. Um, so it's, it's those are the main things is that, you know, just higher profit margins. We're right there in Punta Cana and Santo Domingo. So the uh, traffic is really good when it comes to demand. Uh, they have different types of demand, but it's really good when it does come to travel demand. And I think it's a good place to go if you're saying, hey, I want to take on short-term rentals as a lifestyle asset as well. So I just recently uh, put in front of, of our investors that are um, repeat investors, one of the units that came up there in the same building that we have, and the, the attractiveness about it is that they could also use it, you know. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just one of those things, yeah,
0: yeah, oh, that's nice. What, um, so well, I guess I want to ask you about the, you know, sort of the management side of the business, like as outside of your own uh, portfolio. What, what do you, what is, you know, I guess bucket lists list stays. What is that? If I were to to hire you, I guess it may tell me how that works. But what mm-hmm. what's the what's the process and what uh, what does your company do for owners um, on Airbnb? Well,
1: sure I'll them. tell you. So typically. <laughs> for a property management uh, company through, or really co-host management, um, um, which is, a I I call it co-host management, because it's not the same as property management. Property management, uh, it's a legal term. You have to have certain types of certificates for that, certifications, you have to be registered a certain way. So this is more co-management type of uh, um, uh, services. Now, the difference with our company is that some companies allow you to take your short term rental. You already have stood up. Sorry, operational. And you're saying, hey, I don't want uh, the day to day of this. I'm going to hand this over and they take it over. But we don't. We don't take uh, units over. We only take on projects that we source. So we have to source the, the uh, unit. The unit gets uh, sold out to an investor. And then we manage that property as a passive investment for that investor. And the reason why we've chosen to turn down any units that we do not set up is because of capacity. It is our capacity. We know how much how many units we can bring in monthly, how many we can't, and things like that. So it is that is what we do. So we bring in that unit by sourcing it. Usually the contracts are between three to five years. So we usually hold on to that unit between three to five years, we sell that uh, income stream to the investor. Once they purchase it, we go in and we set it up and we set it up to be operated remotely. And when I say remotely, all the the, uh, systems are managed at a centralized point. So our channel manager, which is the the heartbeat of your company, the one that sends out the messages, keeps your calendar deconflicting, and all of that, all of that is centralized. But we make sure that each unit has a local team. So minimal, that team is going to be a handyman, a runner. That's what we call it if somebody has run for the guests if they need something. And a cleaning team. And a cleaning team is usually a, a and B team. So we don't just hire one cleaning team. We hire two for redundancy. And so that's the process for us. And, and we have those teams in place. And once everything is set up, We do your pricing strategy. We do the pricing strategy, and we do the marketing and promotions for those particular units under the company bucket list days.
0: Okay. So, I guess if so, if I was were an investor and I wanted to get involved, this would be something you said. It's it's where you would source it. So basically, are you do you have kind of a list of investors that you when you find a new unit, you kind of go out to them and say, hey, we have this one. What do you, you know, what do you want to do or do, yes. are you interested? And you, are they, they purchasing or they're signing that long term lease on that unit and then you're running it? via the arbitrage model.
1: That's a good question, the way you asked it, Jason. So the way we get our investors, we do have a, a list of investors already. And a lot of them, what they do is they'll watch and repeat. They'll they'll get you know one and then they'll turn around and get another one. So those are we have, but we collect new investors all the time through our website, bucketliststates.co. You could go there and sign up. And then you'll receive when properties come available, you'll see, hey, there's a property out here is available or an investor. Now I'm trying to think of what did you ask me after that? You asked me something specific.
0: Well, just, I guess, you know, if, if I was, if I were one of those investors, yes. are, is is the investor yeah. buying the unit okay, or they're, yes. they're signing that long-term lease and then the arbitrage is kind of running through them?
1: No, no, no. Yes, that's right. So no, actually the way it works is that we do the contracting as a company. We already have the references and the protocols and the contracts and the leases for these particular units. We get into that contract prior to bringing it to an investor. And when I say prior to, we have a limit on that, a time limit. So we approach owners all the time, use scripts, things like that. We approach them. And then that owner, once they go through the process with us of saying, hey, you want to be on board as one of our our, uh, properties, they agree. They give us 72 hours. So it built into that um, letter of uh, intent, you know, we have a letter of intent in, in place. During that period of time, we have time to go out and see if there's an investor that wants that property. Now when I say wants that property to answer your question, the way they, they come on board or get onboarded is through an operational agreement with the company. So it's an operational mm-hmm. agreement with the company that outlines what their their estimated returns are because there's no guarantees with, what their estimated returns are what our responsibilities are versus what their responsibilities are. Mm.
0: What what do you have for, I mean, what what can people expect from a return standpoint on, on these, uh, in, you know, using this model, I guess?
1: Yeah, that's such a hard question. And I do get asked that question. The reason it's hard is because every market is different yeah. and the market's changed from even county to county, neighborhood to neighborhood. I can have on this block, this type of return and then one block over have a separate type of return. But what you have, what you need to know about that, because I wouldn't be able to tell you unless I knew where it's at, you know. But what you need to know about it is a part of the process of acquiring the unit is something that we do called analysis. That's done after we look at the zoning, because if the zoning's not right or there's um, municipality issues, there's no need to really look at the return. So we don't look at anything past that if there's a problem there. But the next thing is we do analysis, which pulls what is the occupancy expected uh, for this particular unit. So what's the demand of travelers coming to this particular area? And a lot of those tools will tell you within a two mile vicinity what that looks like. Right. And it'll tell you from that demand. Hey, you should expect about this month, much per year. And even if you uh, type in your expenses, it'll tell you what your net Expectancy should be. Now we take it a step further, Jason, and that we not only look at that, we go and look at what the competition in a five-mile radius is actually doing. So we go in and we drill down to those listings on those OTAs and see how they're performing with different uh tools as well. And we look for those MAC where the report talking about, hey, this is demand for that area. This is about how much you your um should expect the mate and then you look on the edge ed- ed- of competition are they performing the way that that tool says that the demand is coming to that particular area and hopefully there's no discrepancy between those two and that's how we make a move on a- that property but we don't keep that information to ourselves Jason we put that in front of an investor okay
0: and so you're you're not really doing I mean, you're, I guess you're third party managing these, but you're not, this is not a service that would be offered to people that already have a short-term rental. This is, this is strictly through, you said, through the deals that you source and it kind of cut you. It's basically a a full service, one-stop shop, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're sort of um, getting investors into these from, from beginning to, to end.
1: Yes. And I, and I kind of want to make sure I specify more so why that is is quality assurance as well. So if we're involved in a process from the time that it's sourced, then we know what to expect, expect number one as far as revenue and net is concerned, even if we we're looking at seasonality built in there, right? But another part of that is that we have maintained uh, superhost and premier premier host since you know since 2017 and we have not lost that standing and it impacts your listing. So with that, it depends on how that unit was set up. We can't guarantee a particular outcome if we were not involved in that setup. So it's very important that we're involved in, number one, how well is the unit going to perform revenue-wise? And number two, how well is that unit going to perform guest-wise? So it's important for us to take control of that entire process.
0: Yeah. No, it makes, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I just wanted to Essentially, just be clear that that's kind of how the process works. Because uh, I, I mean, I think as you as you mentioned, it, it's a, a a good way, you know, or another way, I guess, to be a passive investor, right? There's there's all kinds of different asset classes to invest in. This is a way to get yourself into short-term rentals um, using this model, and, and effectively, don't you know, if 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 your company is doing everything sort of from from beginning to end it's truly a you know a pat you you look at the opportunity decide if it works for you and 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 then it is passive which is um i mean sounds great sounds like (laughs) i know i know people that uh that do uh you know do have short-term rentals and and um it is the management is the is the part that that most people I think I think people sometimes have they have fun with the setup, but mm-hmm. but then you know sort of managing that afterwards I think is a is a bit of a challenge. So um it is a good a good opportunity for people to have you know passive passive income in in the in the short-term rental space. Um, so that's that's great. Well TJ let's let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to get to ask you the questions that I ask every guest. Um, and so the first one is related to the name of the show being "Know Your Why," and so my question for you, of course, is is what is your why? What what drives you um, to you know these levels of success and and uh, you know growing your company and all of that?
1: Well, I got to tell you, it's um, person it's personal and also a goal I have for the guests that we serve. It's so my personal goal and my personal why is my freedom. So a lot of people talk about. The wealth of it and things like that, but I love being a gatekeeper of my calendar, and I look at short-term rentals. If they're set up right, you know, it's about the way you set them up as a way to free myself and to free my time for more time with my family and things I love to do and things like that. So my why and why I'm still in this business after uh, starting in 2015, all the way through a pandemic. It's because it allows me to be free. It allows me to, to, to pick and choose what goes on my calendar. Now, recently, I'll tell you that the reason we started Bucket List Stays was to amp up the experience of guests. So, this, uh, you know, the premise of Bucket List Stays is unique stays. And so our first unique stay was a tiny house. And that tiny house is themed after Egg the Edgar Allen Poe, the Raven, and it has a built-in escape room and we are looking at you know really giving uh, guests a place to unplug but also giving them a reason to want to stay unplugged they don't, they won't have a reason to go looking for that nearest nearest metro area and we create something really special that's in the glamping site somewhere that allows them to really decompress from their day to day and that is exactly what we're doing with the bucket list stays it really is a why is that we're looking to create these spaces that allow these guests to rest and rejuvenate uh, for what's to come in the world. Here, you know.
0: No, that's that's fantastic, and I love yeah. I love the idea of the <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe tiny house. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Um, second question for you: uh, What is t- I guess tell us something about yourself that is um, maybe not common knowledge, uh, special oh. skill, a hobby, just something to let people know you
1: better a little bit. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't get asked that question. Yeah, I don't get asked. Thank you for asking. But a lot of people don't know. I am actually, I'm a certified stylist. So all the design boards for the units are quietly done by me. Um, even though we have a lot of people working on uh, different units, but I do all of the, the design boards for them. And I'm getting rampant up to go back to school, actually, Savannah College of Art and Design master's program in order to start learning more about theater design, you know, so behind, you know, quietly love anything that does has to do with interior design or styling. And I'm also interested in what makes, uh, theater design, what's the process behind that to kind of maybe bring it into the business that, um, I'm really, an uh, introvert. So, uh, even though I get out and I'll speak, I probably have to go and rest for a little while because I am very introverted and uh, people are surprised by that. I just know that a part of it is you have to get out there uh, and put on your extrovert hat um, yeah. in order to yeah. get through this world. But um, truly, I am an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks no,
0: for that's a, that's that's really cool. And, I, and I, I'm i it fits with what you're saying. You know, you, you want to be involved with the setup of these units from the beginning. Right. Because you, you've if if you're able to style them appropriately and know that 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 you know, sort of allows them to have the best performance, then yeah, of course, like I I would want you then involved as well. So that makes total sense um, and, and really fits with with the model that you have there. So I think that's that's great.
1: Thank you.
0: Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's, what's the best way? We'll put whatever you want in the show notes. Yeah,
1: sure. It's just bucketliststays.co. We also have a pretty good Instagram going. It's uh, at bucket underscore list underscore stays, and that you could follow us. And a lot of things we post about our units on that particular uh, that particular page. So if you go to bucketlistdays.co, our website, you'll see a pop-up that says subscribe if you want to keep in, in, t- in contact with us. If you want to get to me personally, you could just write info at bucketlistdays.co. I answer any of those coming through. I see them. Um, and so does our we have a VA that also sees them, but I personally see them as well. And so, those are good ways to just keep in touch. Also, I have a Facebook group. Um, it's called um, uh, Properties for Short Term Rental Investors. So, another place that I'll drop properties at. You know, you kind of look that up, and that's pretty much it. Yeah,
0: great. We'll we'll put that in the show notes um, so that people can uh, say they're looking for it. They can reach out. Um, Final question for you, TJ, what is a piece of I'm trying to figure out how to relate this to uh, short term rentals, but I guess it doesn't really matter what what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone who was, you know, kind of starting out, whether it's in short term rentals or real estate investing or kind of what you can take it in whatever direction you want. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you were getting going with this back in, I guess, 2015, there, what would you, you know, what advice would you give to your former self?
1: Well, I think the advice I would give to myself is that specifically I'm going to talk, talk about it from short-term rental um, aspect because I get questions about should I get into the business a lot, right? But the deal is when people are looking at answering that question, they'll look at, well, how much did you make this month? You can't really look at short-term rentals like that, Jason, because they they are yearly type of asset, meaning there's seasonalities built in. Uh, So you could be sitting in October and you cannot be performing at all or performing very little, but then you hit a spring and you've paid for your entire year's expenses. So my advice would be to, if you're looking at getting a short-term rentals, look at it from a yearly perspective. Look at it from what I wanna do from that that entire year. And sometimes it helps unskew Uh, some people's expectations. Uh, Another, you know, just to couple with that. Also, it's about take kind of take your emotions out of it. If you're if you're looking in a short term rental because you really need that passive income um, and a lot of people get into what the unit looks like. Oh, it's on the beach. It's this. Don't do that. I would say look at the numbers. Look at look at legislation because you don't wanna fall in love with a property because that's the normal way that you might buy a residential uh, property, but it's not the same with short-term rentals. You really wanna make sure that you're sticking by your analysis process, whether you really love that property or not, it'll keep you out of hot water.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a great piece of, I mean, that and that really does apply to sort of any real estate investing, right? The Your yeah. thought process for what you might buy for your own home, that's versus right. what you're buying from a uh you know any any sort of investment property it it has to be it has to be numbers based and and uh really truly um kind of objective when you're looking at these real estate invested investments so i think that yeah. that's a great piece of advice
1: yeah yeah i get a lot of people that will say hey tj i've been thinking about disney world we just got back and we're looking at, you know, putting a short-term rental in, you know, right there at Disney. But D- Disney World, that market is a very competitive market, very competitive market. Um, and so a lot of times, I'll tell you, like right after COVID, you had more Disney short-term rentals sitting there vacant than you had people actually living in homes. So you want to make sure you look at not, you know, what your feeling is about, I really want a Disney unit. It's more about what that unit is going to perform like.
0: No, it makes, makes total sense. Um, well, TJ, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Jason. Appreciate your time. I, I think uh, I, I really think your your business model here is is unique, um, but also, I mean, seems very effective. I, I think it, it's a really really great opportunity from a from a passive investment standpoint. Um, so, thank you for coming on and sharing and and taking the time. I I do appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jason. All right.
0: Well, have a great day, uh, and we'll sign out from here. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level if you are a professional wanting to break through or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story the know your why podcast is made for you